everyone. Choir, if you can make some room. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Part the waters. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> In the beginning was the word calling the world into being. The word put on flesh, baby flesh, and it came to live among us. The word brought hope, peace, and joy to the people. Love is the light of the world, and it can't be snuffed out. <laughs> the light is love. God is love. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Now, my friends, if you would stand and join us in our first hymn in your bulletin, Joy to the World. Good morning. Can I invite my friends, young and young at heart, to join us on the stage? It's time for the message for all ages. Julia is helping us spread the blanket. Friends, I'll be so sad if you don't join me. Hey, Carlo. <laughs> Hello, we care buddies. As we make our way up onto the stage, 
Today is the final Sunday of Advent where we talk about the coming of the Christ child. Jesus has been called the light of the world that can shine even in the darkness. That light is God's love. Friends, I want you to imagine that this ball of light represents the light that is inside each and every one of us. Sometimes, come on, shadows come into our life. Like maybe a friend moves away, or we get a bad grade, or there's violence in the world. And it can feel like there isn't light, or joy, or happiness anywhere. Raise your hand if you can still see the light. I can see it too. Friends, just because shadows come and it's a little hard to see, it doesn't mean that the light isn't shining. God's light is always bright within us. And one gift that we can give to people in our lives is to remind them that God's light is always shining in them. We can be kind even when they make mistakes. We can hug a friend when they feel sad. We can tell someone how much we love them and that will make their light shine bright for all to see. So friends, go and be that person. Find one person in your life, adults, are you listening? One person in your life to be extra nice to. Share a toy or a snack, maybe a Metro card ride, or listen when someone's sad. Go and bring light to everyone around you. Do you think you can do it? Yeah? Okay, amen? Amen. Let's stand up and pray. Let's hold hands. Okay. Repeat after me. Sometimes we pray in our head, in our hearts, and that's okay. <laughs> Dear God, Dear God, thank you for putting light inside all of us. Thank you for putting light inside all of us. Help us. Help us. Go forth, go forth, and spread that light. Spread that light. Brightly for all of us to see. Brightly for all of us to see. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, friends, let's make our way back to our seats and we'll sing to Yahapa. Amen. Welcome to Middle Collegiate Church. We're so glad you're here with us today. How many of you are here with us for the first time? Yay! Welcome. We're glad you're here. If you keep your hands raised up, you'll have a little connection card. That way you can stay in touch with us. Uh, tell us where you're from. Her mother. Her mother. <laughs> where are you from? In Queens. Queens, yes. How about you all? Where are you from? Yay. Richwood, yes. Others. Yes.
Great. So Brooklyn. Yeah. That's great. So we have. For those of you who didn't hear, we have some visitors who are going to come here because they saw our special last year on television. Any other visitors? Praise God. If you're online, welcome. We love you. We're sending you our love from New York City. Whether you have this is your first visit or you've been coming for years, we're so glad you're here with us today. After worship, join us for our very special congregational holiday meal. There's some good food being served in the social hall, which is through that door right there. If you've never been back there, maybe today is the day where you join us for our time together, our meal together. There is a lot going on in the life of this church. I want to highlight that there are three ways you can worship with us on Christmas Eve. Three ways. One, at seven o'clock, join the Middle Church Choir. We'll be here in the sanctuary and streaming online. Two, at 9 p.m., join the Jerese Johnson Gospel Choir. That's 9 p.m. We'll be here in the sanctuary. We'll probably be also be in the social hall, watching on the screen. So show up early for a seat. We'll also be live streaming that at 9 p.m. And then the third choice is at. 11 p.m., we are rebroadcasting A Bold New Love. So go to our website, amen, at middlechurch.org, and you can revisit all of those holiday memories one more time. There are some programs that are in hiatus. There are some programs still going on. So check your bulletin and check, your, uh, check the website as well at middlechurch.org. We're so glad you're here with us. Now let's start to gather our bodies, our hearts, our minds, our spirits in a time of prayer. Today the choir will offer us some music in this time of prayer. In this time of prayer we name that there are parts of our life that are so full of light, and yet there are also places where there are shadows, and God is with us through it all. Let us pray.
Now we invite you to rise in body and or spirit, to join hands with those around you, and join us as we pray out loud together the Lord's Prayer. At Middle Church, we pray an inclusive version that's printed in your bulletin, and of course, you're free to pray in whatever language and whatever tradition you feel called to pray in this morning. Let us pray. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your name your will be done on earth as it is in Every once in a while, in the midst of our busy season stuff, we experience a moment of peace, and we're called to share that peace with one another. Peace be with you.
Thank you. Don't you just love the way Sherry grew all up on us? She was a little bitty thing when I came here, you know, five years ago. <laughs> Sherry, how old were you when I came to middle? It's been 16 years. It's 16 years Christmas Eve. How old were you? Okay, that's good enough. That's enough. <laughs> what a beautiful voice. Gospel choir in the house. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. Thank you, John. Hi, everyone. Merry almost Christmas to you. Will you say a prayer with me? God, your word is a light unto our feet. We ask as we seek to walk and not get weary, to run and never faint, that what we need to hear from you will make itself plain and the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Today's reading comes from the gospel according to Matthew. Before I read, though, just say, you look beautiful in all your red and shiny fabulousness, and I'm so glad you're here today. You could be anyplace else, but you're here. So I'm giving you a hand clap. Thank you. Thank you. So it's, it's Matthew's nativity that's found in chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. The birth of Jesus, the Messiah. Now, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son. And he named him Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So, when we're little people, this Christmas holiday, this time of the year, is a mashup of many beautiful things. It's lights twinkling on the tree, 
making us think about a starry, starry night when wise men and shepherds looked up in the sky and found their way to the babe in the manger. It's tinsel wrapped around the branches, and because we're little, we don't know that the tinsel symbolizes the entrails of enemies being wrapped around pagan trees. Stay with me, stay with me. <laughs> don't get stuck there, but oh yes. Because we're little, we don't know that, but we're grown up, so we can, we can deal. There's a star on top of the tree, and there's a Santa Claus hats hanging around the fireplace, and someone is stuffing our stockings with goodies, and there's presence of the tree. We understand that they represent, you know, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but we hope there's a baby doll or an easy-bake oven or a truck instead, because none of us wants oil when we're little. We're not feeling it. We know it smells good, but we don't care. When we're little, there's a mashup of all of these traditions. We're not, we're little. We don't know that there's two stories of birth that one's got wise men and shepherds and angels and one's got Joseph trying not to divorce Mary. Let me come back to that. When we're little, it just all goes together. And it's like Jesus, baby Jesus, and Santa Claus. And it's like, yes, this is, what am I, where's the presents, right? It's just all... It's all smashed together. And as we get older and we listen to this story, our ears are different. They're older. Some of our ears have gray hair. Mine has gray hair. It's new. But our ears hear things differently. We pull apart the stories. We come to understand that John and Mark aren't talking about babies at all. John says the word became flesh and came to live among us. Mark says this is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, period, full stop. No need to explain. But Matthew and Luke are both making a case. Matthew's making a case to his people that this one that has come is the one they've been waiting for. This is Messiah. This is Christ. And Matthew is precise and clear and quoting Hebrew scripture and connecting the scripture to Isaiah and letting you know that the maiden, the baby, had a baby and this is the one and this is how it goes. He wants you to know that this is fulfillment of prophecy. And he wants us to understand the miraculousness of this story. God can do anything. Same God that opens seas, same God that lets you go through on dry land. Same God that snatches people out of the lion den. Same God makes a way out of no way. This God can get people having babies. It's like a midwifey God <laughs> that can do this. Sarah was too old, boom, baby. <laughs> Hannah didn't have one, boom, baby. Mary, 14-year-old, maiden, baby. And because our ears are older, we, we're like, okay, let me try to make this work out in my mind. Did he say by the Holy Spirit? And does that mean 
if she was a virgin, did... Did God get her pregnant? Is that what that means? And we wrestle with that, and we don't think we have permission to wrestle. Because we're Christians. Hallelujah. And God can do anything. So we're not really trying to mess with that. But I just want to mess with it a little bit this morning. I brought my commentary with me. This is my comfort blanket today. Because <laughs> I was going to mess with it just a little bit. Okay. So the mess with part is three. One, the Greek word for conceive and birth, give birth, is the same word, ganeo. So just like when, you know, how are you going to find the kingdom of God? You have to be born again, that, that text, to have to be born again. You could be born again or conceived again because it's the same word and it's not clear. With me? So some scholars think maybe this isn't about a miraculous birth, but it's about a miraculous conception. And two, the same scholars who think that, and joined by a few more, think that also miraculously conceived were Moses and Isaac. The Isaac story, we kind of know that, right? Because Sarah couldn't and then she could. But Moses maybe was miraculously conceived. And the point being then, Moses, Isaac, Jesus, all were miraculously conceived to do stunningly amazing, liberating things. So what is miraculous about the conception isn't the insemination. It's the intention of God to raise up a leader. Are you with me? Now, I'm not trying to take away your virgin birth. I'm really not. I'm just messing with it a little bit. <clears throat> because what I'm trying to get to is that if our ears get stuck on that story. It becomes a portal or a litmus test or the only way through is believe parted seas, believe Ten Commandments on a tablet, and believe virginity before birth. And the word actually is maiden, so we don't really know if she was a virgin. She was 14, so likely yes, but we don't really know for sure about the virginity of her. There are other stories, stories that maybe a soldier took her. If we, in order to do this thing with God, have to have a miraculous, immaculate, no man involved conception, then we might end up with a magical God who can do all the things. And that's, let me just talk about the magical God for a second. The magical God who can get Mary and Sarah pregnant is magical enough to do all the things, responsible for all the things and can do all the things. Some of you all look at me like, where are we going, right? But if God, that God does all the things, meaning is will, God's will is all the things, meaning did you find the partner you wanted or did you not? Did you get cancer or did you not? Did you get well from the cancer or did you not? Did you pray for a house and got it or didn't? Did you pray for the man and got it or didn't? Did you pray for your mother to live and she didn't? If, did you pray for 
him who shall not be named to not be elected, but he was, or you prayed for him to be elected and he was, which one? Which one is the one of the things that God did? And which ones are the ones of the things we did or stuff did? Which one's the one? So if you got magical God, he can let you down at least 50% of the time. And notice I call that God, he just for fun. I mean, God, that God, they can let you down. Because they're, they're in charge of it. And pretty soon you can't love them. Or you are PO'd at them. But you can't say it. Because that's not good. You might go to hell for that. And then you're just like, ah, stressed and pressed and can't pray, can't not pray. Doubt, 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 can't express the doubt. You feel me? That's this God. I'm going to call it the busybody, all in charge God, that can get people pregnant. <laughs> Over here, this God, because we know that doesn't really make sense, right? Not really. We want it to make sense when we're having a bad day, but not really. God is not just waiting around. She's too busy to be with, you know, to get Dean wants a new job. Lila wants some more work. <laughs> you know? Somebody want to get married sooner than is on the date? I don't know. You know, that God is so busy answering all the things. How can she possibly get to all the things? That's one thing. Over here is this God. We overreact to that God. So now God is like way far away. God, I didn't mean to, I'm not picking on y'all when I do God over here. Okay. God is way far away. He can't really hear us. Isn't really paying attention from a distance. You know, the world, the, 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 we, whatever, we, whatever we're wanting, hoping for, thinking about, God does not really care. Because on day one, this God made a plan. Our job is to find out what it is. There's no rules about how to find out what it is, but it is. From whether you're going to get sick or not get sick, get saved or not get saved, get well or not get well, get married, wear a pink lip with your red dress, everything is already predestined with this God, and there's no choice for you. There's no agency for you. From what to wear to what to say to who to love, it's been fixed in time, and you just have to like bump into it. I'm going to call that the micromanaging God. Who probably still can get people pregnant. But you would know about it sooner. Okay. Um, or, or there's a third way. And maybe that's what this story is about. I mean, I personally think God can do everything. But maybe this story is about a third kind of way to be in relationship with a God. That God really is love, actually. Now, love, period. And loves us all up in the middle of it. <coughs> loves us like a good enough mother or a good enough father loves you holds you tight when you're really super little so you can feel like you're still in the womb, lets go enough when you're learning how to toddle and walk and lets you fall down and goes, oops, oops, that's okay, and doesn't freak out when you bump your head, watches you go off to kindergarten, watches you go off to college and lets there be more space between you and God, wider space, open space, more room 
to get it right and get it wrong. Maybe God is love like that. Never so far away, but also not always managing and micromanaging and getting all up in it with us. That seems to be the, what's happening with this story because God actually intervenes in this couple's life. Thank you, my love. Joseph is about to leave Mary, not because he stank, but because he's actually supposed to leave her. As a just and righteous, law-abiding Jewish man, he really has no choice but to leave her. But God shows up in the middle of it for Joe. Let's call him Joe. And like cares enough about the family that he's about to make to show up in dreams. Say, dude, no, it's okay. You can marry her, it's going to be all right. Showed up in a dream in the middle of it to say, I got you. I think God loves us enough to know when to whisper in our ears, when to shout in our face, when to stand back and let us make a mistake, when to come a little closer and hold our hand, how to, how to redeem what is broken, how to help us partner with our children, how to help us save the world, how to help us clean up the plastic. I think God loves us enough to show up the way we need God to show up. And we might not know what we need, which is why we're making lists. But I think God is love. And I think the relationship is a relationship of collaboration and partnership and friendship and alliance, allyship, way-making, love-making. So, I'm not really trying to take away the virgin birth. If that matters to you, good on you. I am trying to say if you stay outside of this story, because some of the things make you go, really? I'm saying get in the story. Because the story is God gets in the middle of it with us. We don't need Jesus to be half God and half man to be Jesus, is what I'm trying to say. There's nothing, his, his son of godness is your child of godness. It isn't that he has to be Greek mythologically created from some like Zeus and somebody, I don't know who those people are, Ben, tell me later. But you know, like, I skipped that, I was in engineering school. But you know, like the, like the stories of like the God impregnates the woman and that makes the, the person powerful. No, this is, this is a Jewish kid born in a scandal who lights the world on fire because God is partnering with us. And Joseph and Mary. What if this Christmas, with our grown-up ears, we decide to have a grown-up faith in a grown-up God, in this grown-up story, where we have agency and God whispers in our ear, come on, baby, let's do it this way. Where we have agency and we're allowed to just really screw it up. And we have agency and we're allowed to put it back together, partnered by holy, with wind beneath our wings. That is, Holy Spirit is what Matthew says. 
And a child can be of Holy Spirit, and a community can be of Holy Spirit, and a sermon, Lord bless me, might occasionally be of Holy Spirit, and the music is of Holy Spirit, and the feeding of the people is Holy Spirit, and all of that breath, that holy breath, that holy causation, that is God's love. What if that's what it's all about? Can we still have Christmas? Can we have light that the darkness cannot snuff out? Can we have reign of God building projects to do? And can we love the hell out of the world? And can we be good to each other? And isn't it true that every baby causes us to both lose our minds and love the world a little better? I'm so this year needing a grown-up not so magical God, but a partner and a collaborator and a, a waymaker and a model for living. That's what I want for Christmas. How about you? Amen. Amen. Uh, Y'all can do a little better than that. Good afternoon, Middle. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie, for that beautiful sermon. My name is Ivan Anderson, and I'm a member here at Middle Collegiate Church. And this Advent season, we've heard scripture readings from the book of Isaiah that promise a coming Messiah who will usher in a time where war becomes peace, wrongs are made right, and waters spring out of the wilderness. And as we've explored these texts, I've wondered, why does God promise that this restorative work is coming? instead of just making it happen right now. Some church folk will tell you that God was building the faith of their people by making them wait, and that God is, after all, an on-time God. May not come when you want, but will be there right on time. But today I will offer an unconventional interpretation, which is that perhaps God was waiting for somebody else to do the work. After all, God sent so many others, Moses, David, Ruth, and all the prophets, to encourage God's people to practice love, to seek justice, to pursue peace. Maybe God was hoping all those other folk would be enough and that God wouldn't have to send their own beloved son, Jesus, into the world. And yet I think God eventually looked around and saw that godly action was urgent and necessary. Because God so loved the world, God put their skin in the game, wrapped their son in flesh, and wrapped that flesh in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger to be the embodiment of love on earth. Maybe today you too might be waiting for somebody else to do the work. I know I've been there. I dated middle for years before joining because Jackie, the staff, and so many members were already busy marching for justice, making sandwiches for the hungry, working for racial reconciliation. But each of us, like Jesus, is called to godly action that is urgent and necessary. And so I'm asking you to join the movement and partner with God and with this church to continue the radical work of love. I want us to be like God, God-like, and put our skin in the game and give our time and, yes, our treasure to the movement. We are currently at over $405,000 toward our half-year goal of $437,500. Thank you, Middle. Congratulations on almost being there.
We are so close to reaching our goal, and it is because of the sacrifices of all of you that we're able to do that. And I know that year-round, but especially in this season of giving, there are so many requests on our time and our finances. 2019 was a very busy year for my partner, Dominique, and me. We got engaged and bought a home, which gave us a lot to be grateful for. <laughs> but, but also placed increasing demands on our time and money. But we were still intentional about committing to middle, from gospel choir to queer black men in the middle, to Bible study, to consistory, to our financial gifts, because middle matters to us. For as God so loves the world, so too do we love the world through middle. So please join us. See Chad after worship to figure out how you can get involved and partner with us in this great movement. Make a generous year-end tax-deductible gift. <laughs> Become a recurring donor. There are pledge cards that look something like this in your bulletins today. We'd love it for all of you to fill those out. Thank you so much, Middle. You matter. Your gifts matter. God bless you.
pray with me? God, we're so thankful for all these gifts which your people have brought today. We thank you, God, in this season of Advent, this season of light, where we celebrate the first day of Hanukkah, we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate Kwanzaa. We thank you for the light of the world that you brought to the world through your son, Jesus. We thank you that that light now lives in all of us. It shines in all of us. It shines through our gifts. It shines through the work that we do here in this church and here abroad in the world. And we pray that you would bless these gifts that have come in your mighty names, we pray. Amen. Amen. sound like angels. <laughs> My zipper went up there. Thank you so much. Thank you, choir. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for making the journey to Middle Church today. Thank you for bringing your heart, your love, your open mind. Thank you for the incredibly ongoing gift of you being part of this community, whether this is your first day or your I don't know, 500th day. I'm so glad you're here. And look, 
We can have magical, God's doing all the things face, but I think we'll be disappointed. I also think if we think of God as like so far away and disconnected from us, we're going to miss out on a profound relationship. But there's something about this intimate God who is the God of everybody, not just our personal genie, that draws us into love as a public ethic, as a, as a way to nurture ourselves, as a way to nurture our families and each other. Love is God. And God is love. And so my prayer for this Christmas is that in all the tables we're going to sit at, all the conversations we're going to have, everywhere we're going to be where magic is at work, don't take anything away from people, especially the children, if you understand what I'm trying to say. But let us live into a grown-up faith with a grown-up God who loved us enough to come all the way down, all the way down to be with us, to teach us how to be a human and to teach us about our own divine spark. I love you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. See you, see you Tuesday.